Okay. Let me just, okay. Good morning, everybody. It's a real pleasure to meet with you this morning on this holiday weekend and to see some familiar faces from oh, just about a year ago when I came into this meeting and I was under a great deal of duress. Um, I'd like to say and preface my talk with the thought that before we even take step one, there is a preliminary step that I have in my mind that I needed to take, which was step A. And step A was rigorous honesty. Because I am a person that has many outside issues that impact whether I could be sober or not in my eating disorder. Some of those include bipolar, PTSD, diabetes. And without my acceptance of any of those outside issues, finding the kind of abstinence that I now have from being in the rooms for about a year would not be possible. So I've had to be sure to cover myself in those areas. I've needed a lot of outside help. Um, but I had been in OA since 1995. I started uh, coming to OA when I came to Seattle and uh, I was brimming with hope and uh, a lot of high ideals and, and then a little bit of mania. And I came to Seattle with the idea that I would be a healer. But what it ended up was that I became unemployed and I became uh, covered up with all these outside issues that would obliterate my uh, possibility to get sober for years. I have been in OA since 1995 and um, it has only been in this past year that I've had the kind of abstinence that I've really wanted to have. Now, what's brought me to this abstinence that I really want to have? For me, I've found that in terms of a food plan, we have the tools that we use. In terms of a food plan, what I need to stop myself from overeating and from obsessing about food is for me, I need a weighed and measured food program. Uh, what I need to do is I need to write it down, send it to a food sponsor, and then take a picture of it. The reason I take a picture of it is to remind myself to sit down at each meal. Because when I don't do that, I start ending up moving towards the direction of grazing or picking up and putting little pieces of things in my mouth. And when I came in last year, I didn't have a lot of weight to lose, but I had a lot of obsession in my head about myself, the self-absorption. So there was so much of that there that I didn't have room for other people. But this meeting made room for me. And this is where I started my journey. Um, there were, of course, it was the middle of COVID and there were no in-person meetings. And so I gingerly came on to the Zoom rooms and I found myself here being able to talk about my outside issues. And without being able to talk about my outside issues, I couldn't have made it in a way. Again, going back to that rigorous honesty, I'm a person who is known in the field as co-occurring mental health issues as well as addiction. So that's a co-occurring disorder. So I'm really, you know, have the attitude of gratitude that in these rooms and in the rooms that I'm experiencing now, I have that space, that acceptance, that love and tolerance of others is our code in these rooms. And it, and it applies to everyone, no matter what size we are, it's the size of our heart. How open is our heart? And so my heart was really open by this meeting and by people being there for me uh, when I was under a lot of duress. 
So my food plan is very rigid. Um, I, I don't say I would recommend it for everyone. I have another outside issue, which is SIBO, and I'm speaking about that openly because not many people know about what that is, and, and it really does impact your health. Again, I needed the structure, and I need to write down what I'm eating and exactly what I'm eating because lots of foods were making me sick. So I became very structured and wrote everything down, and I've been on an elimination diet, and I've dropped 12 pounds, which puts me towards underweight. And again, that I'm not intending to do that, but it's a medical reason that I have to be very strict and see what doesn't make me sick and what does. But in the process, it was a way that enabled me to follow that medical advice and get the healing that I'm getting now for my digestive disorder. Otherwise, if I was not, you know, I don't weigh because I don't eat meat, I'm vegan. But if I wasn't weighing and measuring my food, if I wasn't writing it down, we wouldn't be able to assess what is it that's making me very sick. So the food plan that I've covered is one that is medically necessary for me as a diabetic, someone with SIBO, and it's something that's very important to me. And I was obsessed with losing five pounds for like two years. But in the process of coming back to OA in this particular format in the past year, I left for seven years and then came back in the middle of COVID. In the process, I would be able to become a vegan and to become much more spiritually aware. For me, veganism is, again, a medical need. I, I'm allergic to eggs. I'm allergic to dairy, and I, I choose not to eat meat or fish. So, boom, I'm vegan. So I followed a plan for veganism and then eventually got off my diabetic medication, uh, uh, which was metformin. And so I'm now off of my diabetic medication. Um, I'm off of the medication for other outside issues. I am on mental health medication and will be on that for the rest of my life. And that's something that I want to talk about briefly here, because if you are someone who struggles with mental illness, and there's many of us in this program that do, your rigorous honesty about accepting your outside issue is going to heal you of your addiction as well as your mental illness. I denied it. I ended up hospitalized. I ended up involuntarily hospitalized, um, and I was binging 24-7. And I was acting out in all other crazy kind of ways that you would if you were biologically imbalanced, which I was. So I would binge for 24-7 and end up in the ER as a diabetic, you know, craving insulin, asking for insulin, begging the doctors to shoot me up with insulin so that I wouldn't go into a coma. And I've passed out a couple of times. And, you know, you can imagine, you know, you're going down the street, you're stopping everywhere there is to stop, and then you're coming home and you're doing the, the, doing the thing, you know, you eat in the middle of the night. That one, that trick, eating in the middle of the night, is what really got me back into OA because I had been away from OA for seven years, stabilizing my mental health. Um, in the meantime, I had not gained any weight. My health was about the way it should be. But I was eating in the middle of the night, and I, I, it could be anything. Night. I'm a food addict. You know, there's, I, for me, there's different levels. There's someone who's a compulsive overeater, which obviously I'm the first ring, and then you move up to where you're a food addict. It doesn't matter what you put in your mouth, it'll shut you down. It'll numb you out. It'll move you away. I mean, I was using caffeine as a drug because it kept me thin and kept me from eating. But as a bipolar person on caffeine, folks, you can imagine the problem with that. So, um, but as a food addict, I could get up in the middle of the night and eat like four ounces of tofu and it would shut off the nightmares. It would shut off the memory of abuse. Food was a necessary drug for me up until this time, about a year ago. I needed to stop the anxiety, the fears, the self-centered fears with food. As a food addict, 
that's what I did. Again, remember, I don't have a lot of weight to lose, but I have a lot of weight to lose up here because it's all about, I want to look like a model. Now, I might be able to look like a model right now, but the question is, am I a role model? Whoopie ding if I look like a model. Am I a role model? And that's where the core of the program for me sits because it's a three-legged stool, physical, mental, and emotional. And if you're new here, that's the imagery that's used in the rooms as the three-legged stool. I can't have this recovery unless I'm doing the steps. I tried to do it without a sponsor. It didn't work. I had a sponsor and it didn't work. I relapsed over and over and over. I'm a relapse queen. I get the award for relapse. Yay. But you know, I could play the part. I, I didn't look the part, but I acted the part because I was a dry drunk at times. I wasn't doing the steps. So this time around, I was coming to Skivvy and then I moved off and got into a big book study from the East Coast called Big Book Study Solutions. And I found their particular way of doing the big book gave me and empowered me from my fears because you see i use food as a fear cover-up almost all the problems i have i thought i was this macho queen you know i was tough and i was ready to fight but underneath all that anger is that fear and the fear is the driving force for the food for me so i needed to get to that and i did by doing the step work by doing the fourth step my sponsor and I came down to, okay, what is your fear? Now, I never heard this before. Honest to God, I have been around the rooms for so long. I'd never seen this done with a step before. But you do the, what's what I call the fear sequence. And that is you, so my fear, I'm angry, right? And I go through, you know, I don't, I don't know, to the folks that are new, you go through a process, dishonest, selfish, self-seeking, and afraid. Take that fear and you, 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 Tweeze it apart. Okay, so when did I first have that fear? Bingo. That's what I needed. I was off the food and I had a question and I had a therapist and a psychiatrist. I was walking the road because the fears were all the early traumas that I had, both sexual, medical, physical, emotional, etc., etc. That fear was underneath all those resentments that I had and that was the driving force. So what do I do with the fear? Again, if you're new, it says in the sequence in the big book, God, remove my fear and ask me how to be. Now, I'm a doer, and that's my big problem outside of OA, is I'm a doer. I'm compulsive. I want to do everything. B, what does God want me to be in this moment? For an example, I was feeling nervous about speaking today because I don't have it all in front of me, written precisely down, you know, being compulsive. It's not all precisely written down. It's coming from my heart. But what if I say it wrong? What would God want me to be in this situation? Now, what would God want me to do? Like, what words do I say? What steps do I say? Blah, blah, blah. But what would God want me to be? God would want me to be, or the higher power, whatever, a conduit. And the words I speak would not be for myself and my aggrandizement, but rather for those who need to hear the words that come out of my genuine recovery. And that's what's happening as I speak with you now. I have a general outline in my mind of what I feel is important in my recovery and distinct from other recoveries that I had. I took a step three, and I need to say this aloud, that I was, I was raised a minister's daughter in the Christian faith, became very much interfaith oriented. And I left OA at one point because people were saying the Lord's Prayer. 
And although I have a Christian background, I'm, I'm very devout in believing in the space for everyone. Again, that's an outside issue. But I will say that because that was done, I got so angry and so did my sponsor that we left the program completely, just dumped it. And that was toler intolerance in my part, it was also fear. It was also codependency because she left. And so I decided, well, then I will leave too. She, she, was, uh, she was the force behind my recovery. She was the mom issue that I was desperately at the time not knowing that I was seeking. And that's the other issue is that I have a sponsor who, who is, and I'm in a place now where I'm begging to heal from that mom issue. Because I had a lot of mom issues, and God bless her, she's struggling now. She's 89. She's diabetic. She has this disorder. She doesn't know it. There's nothing I can do about it, uh, and not get angry about it. But the bottom line is, is I don't have. I'm not. I don't. I'm not going with the mother issues with my sponsor. You know, my sponsor is strictly by the book, and she's so good at this that she, who has no trauma experience and no therapy background can walk me through spaces that my therapist has never walked me through. It blows my mind, folks. It blows my friggin' mind that I could get all this information out of the fear inventory. That I could, and that's how I got to the traumas. I didn't even realize that I had the three-year-old traumas I had. You know, when I think trauma, I don't want to trigger anyone. I always thought it was the big sexual trauma, right? And that is big, and I do have that. But I was looking... You know, the fears weren't coming up with just that, but they were they were tweezing out all the little fears that were building up to the big fears. And I recently had the most difficult memory I've ever had. It came to me very clearly. I will not describe it, but it came to me very clearly because I'm abstinent and because I'm handling each little layer of those fears with my sponsor and with much outside help, I can stay abstinent. The reason I couldn't stay abstinent was because I could not deal with the trauma. So things kind of, the universe kind of came to play in that, um, you know, the it's ironic, you know, the, the, the work that I was doing with the sponsor was working with my therapy and they were just like hand in glove like this. And that's a namaste for that. I mean, it's really incredible. Um, but I, I have often thought, well, what do I even need therapy for if, if I've got this? But so my abstinence continues to be writing, you know, the food abstinence, the physical part continues to be me writing down the food and, and, and attempting to pray before I eat, not always managing to do it, but sitting down. And I do find I, yoga has been a body image healer for me. That's an outside issue. But I did, again, um, OA is the core, but I, I have all these other issues around that have to be worked into the program. I cannot do it. For me, just with OA, I need all this outside issue. I needed meditation and yoga. I, I needed to do my own body image work by doing yoga, by being in my body, by being present to my body as it was with OA, being powerless over the past imagery, finding freedom and joy and freedom from the bondage, five, freedom from the bondage of self. Not just food, but the bondage of self, this impeccable need to be impeccably perfect with my body, my mind, and even my spiritual growth. Oh, am I perfect spiritually? You know, that is not, not what it is. The joy and the freedom is I love my body. And yeah, maybe I could be a model, but am I a role model for myself and for others? 
Am I acting appropriately? Am I doing my 10th steps? Am I doing the 12 step work? I actively do 10, 11, and 12 every day. Those are the things that bring me joy, that bring me the freedom to who I can really be in this moment. And most importantly, in the moment. Anytime I go into the future, it's self-centered fear. So my trauma, my outside issues do not have as much control over me, but they impact my recovery. And there is no shame in the fact that I take medication so that I can speak to you logically today. I'm very grateful for my outside professionals that are discussed in the big book, fine medical professionals that have brought me to this space where I can speak to you in this manner. I have five minutes less than five minutes. I'd like to share something very quickly with you. One of the things that I learned to do was by going to a meeting called Creative Reprieve. And I have this character called DJ Frida M. And she's a rapper. And she does recovery raps. So I'm going to do you the Gotta Sit Down rap by DJ Frida M. In my DJ Frida M. voice to close us out. Just a little humor here. Yeah, how y'all doing down there? This is DJ Fina M, ready to rock and roll with all you. Yeah, sometimes I have all these problems with this food, and I've tried everything I can possibly imagine to shut that refrigerator door. You know, but thank God for that 10-minute coin that Terry MC gave to me, and that brought me into the light. Oh, yeah, you know that, Miss Terry. Ooh, those 10-minute coins help. But, you know, I get so disappointed. Because I have got to sit down. Going to take a deep breath. I'm at the end of the block. It's life or death. I've tried diet, pills, and therapy, acupuncture, and herbs. Seems this disease simply remains undisturbed. I've locked the doors and cupboards and placed a chair in front of the fridge. This disease doesn't care. No BMI number or calorie can dictate my soul. I want to be free. The program reminds me it's all in my heart. The hurts, the fears, and all my false starts. This disease is threefold. It's more than a scale. It's physical, emotional, and spiritual. HP will prevail. I surrender the outcome. Take steps one, two, and three. Then four or five. My sponsors care about me. Steps six and seven, eight, nine, and ten. Removal of defects, willingness, and then forgiveness, forgiving, and making amends. 11 and 12 bring me full circle round on this three-legged stool the support I have found. It's holistic. It's realistic. It's recovery with a capital R. Yeah, I'm gonna sit down.